Welcome to Royal Grace Chapel, the empowerment center where faith comes alive through inspiring messages and teachings. At Royal Grace Chapel, our mission is to empower you to connect with God in worship, relationship with other believers, and enable you to fulfill your purpose for global impact. We believe in the power of transformation through the Word of God, and that's exactly what you'll experience as you journey with us through our plethora of messages. Get ready to be equipped, uplifted, and empowered on your path of faith. Be transformed as you listen to today's empowering message. Because you are here with us. And we thank you because you are blessing us in new ways. In Jesus' wonderful name we are afraid. Come on, put those hands together for Jesus. Ah, yes. Please be seated. Wonderful. Oh, when I say wonderful, you say wonderful. Now, you know what I shared with, uh, with you last Sunday? That in the house of God, there is always shout of joy. The devil is anywhere real life is, there is a shout of joy. Have you seen people playing football and their team wins and they are just looking? All right? Is that what they do? There is always shout of joy. So let that be a shout of joy, somebody. Now, when I'm preaching, when I say, oh, yes, what will you say? What should you say? When I say, oh, yes, what should you say? When I say, what a shock, what should you say? You do it, lift your hand and say, what a shock. When I say, hey, what should you say? Wow. That's it. (laughs) Now, you see, the atmosphere of joy and excitement is what God wants us to have. Amen. So tell your neighbor, if you are not a happy person, we will disappoint you. Say, here you will be happy. Oh, tell you, say, yeah, you'll be happy. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, those who are joining online will welcome you. Now, we are running the series called Loyalty and the Mega Church, part two. Choristers, thank you for your song. All right, fight this loyalty. Isaiah chapter two, verse two. Isaiah chapter two, verse two. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Say with me, the last days. So when I read verse 2, all of us will read verse 3 together. Are you ready? And in the last days, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and be exalted above what? The hills and all what? Nations. How many nations? How many nations? You know that what those of you want to marry a Chinese person in the church, there will be a Chinese beloved for you. Oh yes. Where do you want? You want to marry one from India? In the house of God, there will be all nations. So there will be India Indians in the church. You want to marry from Togo? 
In the house of God, there will be togolese. Say, oh yes. You want to marry where? From Turkey so that you can eat plenty Turkey. Ash! There will be Turkeyes in the church. Wonderful. He said, all nations shall flow into it. Hallelujah. Now let's read verse 3 together. Verse 3, everybody. Hallelujah. So the church of God is always referred to as a mountain. Why? Because mountains are very, very high. On Monday, we finished the second floor of our building project. And I knew the beauty of a mountain. This one is not even a mountain. It's just the second floor. As I stood there on top of the building, I could see far. You, I was seeing everywhere. I said, hey, it's good to be on the top. I was seeing all the roofs and all the buildings. Now imagine if it's a mountain. Mountain gives you advantage. You will be visible. See, your life will be more visible yeah. by the glory of God. Yeah. So one of the things we are saying is that the devil knows that the will of God is for the church to be a great church. A place where people love to be. The devil knows that if your business is succeeding, many people will be blessed. The top of the mountain. Last Sunday, I was with one of I was talking with one of our brothers, who has been my friend for many years, many years. And you know, as we sat in my office and we're talking, so I said, "Hey, Dan, you know, we've been together for many years. And you know, it's a good thing, it's a great thing, to have people that you have been together." For many, many years, through the thick and the thin. Now, I realize now that he has trained so many people. So, when I looked at our photographer in church, I was able to call him and say, I want you to train this guy. So, I was asking about him. So, the guy is good. The guy is doing great. But, you know, it's because of certain relationships. That is how come I can call him and say, please, help me train this boy. And he took him in as a brother. And kept pouring and not holding back. That is not what the devil likes. Now imagine that through the years, something has happened and we are no longer friends. The boy that is now doing photography today, who has now learned, if me and him were no longer friends, do you see how it would have affected a new generation? Because I will not be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, Dan, please, help me do this. Help me train this person. So, the devil does not want relationship that will last. 
Because he knows that the more fractured relationship becomes, the more next generations are affected. Some of us, we came from families today that even though the uncle is rich, you can't go to him. Even though there is somebody in your family that can help you, you can't go. Because the family is scattered already. So everybody is to your tents. And that's what the devil wants. Dysfunctional family. So as we are preaching on loyalty at the mega church, I want you to know that it's not something that is not real. It affects the church. It affects businesses. It affects families. It's something that scatters families. Are you with me? Now, what does it mean to be a loyal person? Loyalty means to be single eye. To have single eye. In other words, you are not double. Loyalty means to be constant. To be constant. To be constant. To be loyal means to be dependable. To be dependable. You, can, you are dependable. When you say, oh, you will be in church, we know you will be in church. You say, oh, I will be, I'm with you today. Say, I will never leave nor forsake you. That means no matter what happens, you remember, no, I will never leave nor forsake you. You are dependable. When we, they put you in charge of something, we can go to sleep. I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, this project, the reason why I want you to undo this project is because I believe that you are dependable. So I am having this conference call with you because it's a new thing we are doing for 2024. And I said, because this is a major project, I need someone that is dependable. That is why your thoughts came. Say, so you, have, you have a track record. And that's true. The sister is someone that if I have anything, once I give it to her, I can go and sleep. I will not have to be worried. I say, hey, Alpha, you can be sure. I said, so that is why, even though you are young, or you have proven to be dependable. So to, to be dependable is a good thing. Amen? It means to be trustworthy. To be loyal means to be trustworthy. We can trust you. We can trust you. You are worthy of our trust. As a pastor, when I raise money, for instance, the latter I collected money, I said, give me 35,000 naira for each pillar. And a lot of you began to give. Can you imagine after collecting 35,000 naira for each pillar of the building? Then I then say, oh, you know, don't let us use it for the pillar. Let's use it to go and buy drum sets. No. <laughs> that means I'm not, trust, I'm not worthy of the people's trust. Oh, you have collected 35,000 per pillar for the building. Then you are now saying, eh, you know, I think let's do this to go and buy suits for the man of God. No. You are not worthy of people's trust. Another word for loyalty, to be loyal means to be true blue. I like the word true blue. Number about blue. <laughs> this one is called true blue. Say true blue. In other words, what you see is what you get. I'm not a chameleon. So you know chameleon, when, when if you are wearing gold now, when a chameleon comes to you, you will try to mimic your color. Then when a chameleon leaves and see where they are wearing red, then the chameleon also go and turn to red. So there are those who have different lifestyles. 
in church, they dance, you are bigger than what people say. Then when they also go to their family, um, this thing, when they are having it, they say, Co, co, below. Oh, co, below, co, co, below, co, below. Then when we are praying in church, they come to pray. And when outside the church, they can say, Hey, when somebody calls, they say, What? The cost they can cost, you will never see. That's not a true blue. A true blue person means that what you see, I am constant whether in church or out of church. I am that I am. Thank you. Hey. Are you there? Now. This loyalty does not happen overnight. It's a process. Nobody wakes up one morning and says, I am disloyal. Just as there are some diseases that people don't just have. So for instance, you are having a headache now. Headache is a sign, for instance, that something is going on. It may even be that you have not taken enough water. Something that's not taking enough water or something that's not sleeping enough can cause headache. Do you agree with me? So, when you have a staff working with you or someone you want to marry or, a, or you are in a church, one of the things you must know that there is a process before you, a, what we call a full-blown loyalty takes place. It happens in different stages. Different stages. Now, as I'm teaching on these stages, what it does is that, number one, you will be able to identify it in your own life. And number two, it's going to help you to be able to identify it in the life of other people. When you see that, oh, this thing I am seeing, you, this is what you are doing. Because the ability to be able to interpret signs is a major thing. So, for instance, if a doctor meets you, sometimes, how many of you have seen that the doctor will say, open your mouth. And they are putting something in your mouth. They will check your tongue. Even your tongue can reveal something. Then sometimes they will open your eyes. They are looking for some signs in your eyes. Then they will put temperature. They will check your temperature. Then they will check your BP. You see, they are asking, looking for those signs. Then when you say stomach pain, they will ask you, which side of your stomach is paining you? If you say it's the right side, the doctor knows that, ah, they will ask you, in the right side, where? Because there are some things that are only on the right side of your stomach that are not on the left side. Then if you say, oh, it's on the left side, they will ask you, where? Is it upper part, down part? Then sometimes they will begin to press, where, where, where? What they are looking for is, the all, all pains have something that is saying. Watch out for signs. Now, so let's, today we are continuing on the stages of this loyalty. Now, we've learned various stages. Now, the first stage is what that we learned? Uh, the first stage is what? Independent spirit. So, independent spirit or independent stage is that you are part of a system, but you are not flowing with the vision of that system. So when we say, for instance, hey, we are having prayer service, and Tuesday is our fasting. Independent person will say, no, me, I do my own fast every Wednesday. And before I joined this church, I've been doing the fast. So because of that, I do not need to be part of your fast. Since I do my fast on when? Wednesday. So I'm not. If you are in a department, say we are coming for rehearsals. By 6 o'clock. An independent person will not come by 6 o'clock. Say, no, I will come myself. Even though there is nothing happening. 
is that I want to do what I want to do, the way I want to do it, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, without recourse to whatever the leader says. That's independent spirit. Independent people don't leave a church. The only thing is that they are not part of the church in, in terms of flowing with the vision of the church. If they are in an organization, independent person, they will consistently come late. Even though it's like it's just the person is just coming late, never trivialize it. It's a pointer. We are going for a shoot, a, a shoot or what do you be this for? A shot or something. On this, we are all moving by five o'clock. Independent person, well, can we move it by six? Even if it's six o'clock, the person will still come by seven o'clock. Independent spirit. The next stage is what? Is what? Offense. Offense. Wow. Now, let's go. Let's start from offense. Matthew 18, verse 7. Matthew 18, 7. Woe unto the world because of what? Offenses. For it must need be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. You see, offense is an irresistible temptation. One way or the other, you cannot say you will never be offended in life. Offense will come to every one of us. Tell your neighbor, have I offended you before? Or am I even offending you now? Are you there? Offense, you can't stop it from coming. Now, you must be able to know how to handle season of offense in your life. Since you know that offense will definitely come. In fact, look at Matthew 24 verse 10. Matthew 24 verse 10 says, And then many, and then shall many be offended. Look at it now. And when they are offended, what will they do? And shall Matthew 24, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Matthew 24, 10. Good. And then shall many be offended and shall do what? What, she, what shall they do? Do you see reaction? Then they shall do what again? Hate one another. So now, for you as a child of God, you must then walk your way against this prophecy. That when you are offended, the challenge is now, how can I be faithful even when I'm offended? Then number two is that, how can I love when I am offended? Because you see, Offense wants to produce two things in your life. It wants to turn you to a betrayal. The second thing is that it wants to fill your heart with what? Hatred. That is the goal of offense. Whenever people are offended, the two things that normally happen is that they want to turn to unfaithful people, disloyal, betrayal. They will betray one another. Then the second thing is hatred. They just feel like killing a person, doing something. So as a child of God, you then know that whenever you are offended, you should expect that this thing, if I don't undo it well, will make me turn to a betrayal. It will make me betray people that I love or that loves me. Number two, it will fill my heart with what? Hatred. So the, the task before you then, whenever you are offended, is that how can I undo this season of offense? So much so that I will be faithful to my partner, faithful to my boss, Faithful to my loved ones. Number two is that how can I undo this offense 
so much so that I will not be filled with what? Hatred. Is somebody with me? Now, what are the things that produces offense? Now, you know, I told you last week that the Greek word for offense is scandalon. And a scandalon is a, a stick, a trap stick. Like that trap, rat trap. So it's a trap stick that is meant for making people fall. Also, for instance, now, when the Greeks come up, came up with that word, in the courtroom, the lawyers will start asking people questions. So how far? How is this going? How is that going? Now, you think that the questions are just normal questions. But the person knows that this question, the aim is to trap you somewhere. So as the person is talking to you, then someone says, objection, my lord. He says, objection, overruled. Then he's asking questions. Then out of no, you will see them asking questions that has nothing to do with the case. So um, you said that um, you love your wife. He said, yes, I love my wife. You say, how many kids do you have? Three children. Yes, three children. You see, scandalon is coming. Then in between, he will throw a question. Then if you said you do this, why did you do this? Then the person will become dumb. Scandalum has come. A, a trap stick has come. In your walk in life, you have to know that offense is not negotiable. So many marriages have been spoiled because of offense. People have walked away and regretted it for life because they, they went of, I was reading um, an article. The man said he caught the wife cheating. And because of that, he too went to go and cheat. Watch, out of revenge. Then, they make up again. Then the wife also now got to know that the man had cheated on her. Then she too went to go and cheat again. Then, you see how offense is reacting. Then the man also knew but do you know that eventually when marriage is cut the people that suffer it most are the children? Not the adults. The people that suffer it most is not even the couple themselves. Are the children. Let's look at the things that produces offense mostly. Number one is correction and rebuke. Correction and rebuke. Anytime you are being corrected and rebuke, always know that in between that season of rebuke and correction in your life, the devil will trap you or will come with the temptation of offense. Most times in people's life, rebuke produces offense that makes people turn out, develop hatred. And they develop what? They become betrayal. Now, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 7, look at what it says. He that rebuketh is he that reproveth his corner, get it to himself what? Shame. Proverbs 9, 7. And he that rebuketh a wicked man, get it himself a blow. Verse 8. Reprove not his corner, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will what? Love you. Rebuke, if not well handled, will make you become a betrayer. 
In fact, look at what Proverbs 15 verse 10. Give me NIV. Proverbs 15 verse 10 says. Proverbs 15 10 says. Correction or say stand discipline await anyone who leaves the path. The one who hates correction will what? I'm not I'm not, I'm, oh, am I the one that is writing the Bible? The one who hates correction will what? Die. If you want to be someone who grows, ask yourself, who's in this season of my life, which voice can correct me? If there is no voice in your life right now that can tell you, sit down, it's because you have reached a height of pride. If there is nobody that can tell you, shut up, sit down there. Go and look for one. One day somebody, one, one, somebody came to me and said, Pastor, you are, you are becoming too light with me. You don't, you don't correct me hard anymore. I, I said, I don't want to offend you. Not everybody, you see, not everybody loves correction. Because do you know why people don't like correction? Let me tell you what, why people don't like correction or discipline. Psalm 39 says this. Give me 39 verse 1. This is one of the reasons why people don't like correction. Psalm 39 verse 1. When thou rebukest, Psalm 39 verse 1, 11, sorry, verse 11. Give me in KJV. I want in the KJV. When thou rebuke, or when thou, when thou with rebukes dost, oh, oh. This one, that's why KJV sometimes can be very, but let's look at it. When thou rebuke does correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty con to consume away like a moth. Surely every man is vanity. What correction does is that it takes away beauty. Why are you correcting me like that? You see, the reason why you see me that is in the session of this church, you will not hear me use the word general overseer or something, something like that. Or you don't see me put my picture in a lot of things. It's because I always tell myself I am under authority. So I have brought myself under those who can tell me, sit down. Oh, yes. When we had the last convention, we we're going to receive a guest minister. My father said, Spiritual Apostle Udo said, I was at the airport. Me, I, I didn't even know the levity of the kind of person I'm receiving because he was his friend. So after they canceled the flight of the man, I came, he said, oh, go back to church. Let your protocol team wait at the airport or go back at three to pick him. The service was to start by five. When it was four, they picked the guest and they were on their way to, from the airport. So he called me, he said, where are you now? I said, oh, I'm in church. He said, leave church now. And go and wait for him at the hotel. Oh, I said, I said, yes, leave now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I left. I didn't know that the way to the hotel there would not even be a bike. My car was at the airport. Every, oh, that day I trekked from here. By the time I got to Ikpaja, because the place is at Dokwebu, I didn't know that there was no bike. There was nothing. Oh, come and see me jogging on the road, jogging. I had to jog. I had to jog. And you see, you want to go far in life. You don't have anybody that can tell you something is wrong with your head. Your mouth is smelly. 
You are surrounded your life with people who will always tell you your mouth is not smelling, even when it's smelling. You're on the path of destruction. So when, you, when your mouth is smelling now, nobody can tell you. How is my mouth? Oh, your mouth. What a suck. Correction reduces a man. So a man that is proud will never want to be corrected. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Pastor, just stand up. This is our pastor. This is our pastor. This pastor has been with me from, he gave his life to Christ in this church. He was a pastor of our branch. He was a pastor of our branch. He did something wrong. And I told him, sit there. How many months have you been sitting down? Over, uh, over about five months. Then I gave him some terms and conditions that during this time of your suspension, there are some people you must not call. Then the wife came and told me, Sir, he has called some people. He has called some people. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock so when the wife came and told me sir he has called some people I saw him he made some calls to the people he said you should not call so I called him to my office again I said oh I hear you have made some calls your suspension is supposed to end in December or so now we have extended it by one month so till January you will not be reinstated. As a, it's not a workout. It's a pastor. Since I suspended him, he came to me and said, I'm going to punish the devil for making me do something wrong. So he's been fasting every day. He said, till the last day of my suspension, I will not stop fasting. Oh, watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I, mean, I prefer to hear my dog back than to hear somebody say, you are my spiritual for what? See, you will, even me as a pastor, you don't hear me use the word spiritual father. Do you know why? Jesus said, call no man father. It does not mean that you should not call people father. Let me, do you know why Jesus said, call no man father? Let me, tell, let me show you why he said, call no man father. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. This is why Jesus said, call no man father. Uh, that's my spiritual father. My, that's my father in the Lord. Chale, be careful when you are saying that. Because most people do not know the meaning of father. I will tell you what, Father. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every word. Every word. Whom he what? Receive. Watch what it means to have a father. Verse 7. <laughs> If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with what? As with who? Sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Are you saying something? Verse 8. But if you be without chastisement, if you are the type that cannot be corrected, rebuked, disciplined, then Whereof all sons are supposed to be partakers, then are ye what? Oh, 
Who is saying bastard there? Who is saying bastard in the house of God? Oh, oh, ask me, who is saying bastard? Am I? He said, you are a bastard. You are not, even when we say that, does it, does it look like as so such a word can be in the Bible? Say you are a bastard if you cannot receive chastisement, correction. You don't have a father. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Are you there? So this is, this is, so when somebody says, hey, you are my spiritual father. You are my, do you know why you should not call anybody father? Because the day you call somebody father, there cannot be ex-father. There is nothing like ex-father. You can ask, you can have ex-boss, ex-pastor, ex-prophet, ex-this. But the day you say father, that means it is what? For life. That is why I can tell you, my two spiritual father, Apostle Udo, Bishop Daggyward Mills, they have, since the day I called them father, over 20 years now, I'm still, they are still my father. I was still with him yesterday. He has seen my father. Has it always been good? There is no perfect father. Only no, what you can have is a faithful father. No father. This pastor is under suspension. And I thank God that he, 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 in fact, he is under suspension because God has used me in to justify me before a lot of other people. Because recently, somebody said to me that, oh, me, I'm suspending him. I suspended him, or I'm suspending him because of a girl. Because I, he did not marry the girl I wanted to marry. Eish! So, the other person, two months, two months was always needed before you even showed that. I said, ah, my father, my father. Two months, they are gone. People don't know fatherhood. He, he sends me prophet offering every month. Every month. He's honest, he sends me, he says, Pastor, take. This is my offering every month. Every month. Every month. Wow. What a shock. Ask your neighbor, who is your father? That is why our generation, a lot of children are not blessed anymore. Because you see, you hear somebody say, my father divorced my mother. That is why I will not honor my father. Or you hear somebody say, I've been, you have been working. You will not even buy Coca-Cola for your father. And your father is alive. Because you too now, or you have a mother. I, know, I wonder about children who work and earn salary and their parents don't chop out of their salary. You are working and your parents will not chop out of your money. It's a, it's a major castle. You will, and you are taking care of your own children. See, no matter how many Christmas clothes you buy for your children, take it from me. No matter how you send your children to Yale, to Harvard, they will never honor you at the end of the day. I'm not cursing you. Because whatever you sow, you shall reap it in good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So even if your father is an Akpeteshi man and is an Ogogoro Dinka and is your father, let the world call him Ologogoro or Alakpeteshi. As far as he's concerned in your own life, he's called Papa. He remains your father. Oh, yes. Because God did not put a condition that only honor your father that has been nice to you. Or your, you see, some of you, what you did not know is that your, your father, when your mother, the issue between your father and your mother, for instance, is that your father may, is a good father, but may be a bad husband. And some of you, we also don't know that if your mother, your mother is a good mother, but a bad wife. <laughs> So you see, the part you are seeing is the wife part. Or the good part to you is that she's a good mother but a bad wife. And no matter what happens, you can never know the true reason why your father and your mother is quarreling. They won't tell you. Because sometimes it's deeper than what you know. You think it's because of the food that she did not serve. So some of you, if your mother were to be your wife, you would never have married her. Believe you me. The best part is your mother. So what I'm saying is this. There is no justification for you to say you will fight your mother or your father. Oh, yes. No justification. Oh, no. No condition. So you are now offended. You see, the trap that you think you can do well without your parent chopping out of your sweat is a deception. Take it from me. If your father is dead or your mother is dead, the second thing that there are what we call substitute father. Substitute father are the people that God raises up to fill the vacuum of a mother for you or a father for you. Honor them as though they are your biological or mother or father. You can categorize fathers into two biological and destiny fathers. Biological father brings you into the world. Destiny father pushes you into your destiny. They are the people, yes. They are the people God sends to your life to fulfill the destiny he has called for you. So you see somebody like Bishop Dag is my destiny father. My daddy could not have made me a pastor or could not have taught me. So even though I am born by Mr. Joseph, at a point in my life, God sent a destiny father in person of Bishop Dag who nurtured me, trained me on, in the pastoral way. It's not my father that did that. So when you see a man who has ended in downfall, check, in the journey of his life, he has dishonored his destiny's father. When you see a man who is living a frustrated life, ask him, check your life again. What did you do with your destiny, fathers? Because so, verily, verily, you see, God in the Old Testament was called God. But Jesus said to us, on, when you are born again, he said, we shall call him Abba Father. So God now, the reason why it's like God, he appears powerless. Somebody will say there is no God and God does not judge him. Somebody says that uh, uh, God is a useless God and he was living. It's because the part we are enjoying now is the father part of God. Because he has to be patient with his children. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Is somebody with me? A lot of people who are useless in life are useless because they did not honor or receive the destiny, Father, that God has sent to them. I, I can boldly say that I don't think I will be here if I have not received Bishop Dagi what means into my life over 20 years ago. I, wasn't, I was a student when I met him. I was a student. He made me travel to Ghana first. My first international travel was Bishop Dagi what means. Oh, yes. I'm not ashamed to say. By the grace of God, now I have traveled to so many countries and still traveling. But it happened through him. He taught me how to eat. I, would, I don't think even my wife, I would have missed my wife if not for him. Because when I saw my wife, I was still thinking, should I, should I not, should I not? So I took my wife to Ghana. And the Lord said, John, you have found a good wife. Maria. I, I took her to Ghana in November. I married my wife in March. Straight away. Oh, yes. May you not miss your destiny, fathers. But that is what offense will do. That is what offense will do. Offense can turn people to a beast. Eros' wife was offended because of the message that John the Baptist preached. Because John the Baptist preached a message that said, It is wrong for you to leave your husband and marry your brother, husband's brother. You are going to hell. And when she heard, hey, Look at this man. She, she was offended. So one day, as they were having birthday parties, see what offense can make people become. As they were having birthday party, they were serving Isia wood to everybody, serving salad, serving this. Then the man, the error the called the other, said, Come and dance. And the girl danced, danced, danced. And the father said, Okay, so what do you want me to do for you? He said, Let me go and ask mommy, mommy. Then, as the mother was there, he said, Daddy, I said, I should ask for anything. He said, Hey! He said, You should ask for anything. He said, Yes. Do you know what she asked for? He said, Ask for. Not Isiewu, but human head Isiewu. Human head pepper soup. The man was shocked. My wife, since when do you begin to drink human head pepper soup? Say, yeah, that is what I want. That's what. And because the man has said that, that's anything she asked. So they asked, I said, so who's human head? Because there were a lot of slaves. Said, that prophet, prophet, when I said prophet John, I became afraid. Blood of Jesus on my head. <laughs> I think I need to move away from some women for some time. <laughs> if I've offended you as a woman, don't be angry. Eh? <laughs> Say, I want Prophet John's head. Not my own John. <laughs> and they went to go and cut John's head, place it in a plate, put spoon. The blood was there. Human head pepper soup. It's a man. It's a man pepper soup. Do you know what has changed her? Offense. Offense has turned her to a beast. Recently, one hotel at um, Abu Lekba here was in the news. They were coming from Dubai. And whilst they were at Dubai or something, a family, then the wife discovered that the, her husband was having an affair. She saw some things on the phone. And she kept quiet. When they got home, the man was sleeping. They just came from Dubai, oh, vacation with the children and everything. The man was sleeping. And the, the wife came. 
Do you know what she did? She went to go and get blade. And as the man was sleeping, he brought out the man's penis. Two, go and check for it. I'm not, it's in the news. It's in the news. I'm not telling you two, it's in the news. And the man was relaxed. And one time, said, this is what, this thing, since it has no control, I have had. Oh, yes. I'm sure she could not, it's after she has done that, and that's maybe when she will have come to her senses back. Because she has allowed offense to gain advantage of her. Now, who will suffer? Daddy gone, mommy in prison, children alone. Lift your hands, say, in the name of Jesus. Offense will not take advantage of my life. Say, in the name of Jesus, offense will not take advantage of my life. Say, in the name of Jesus, I will honor my parents. I release every bitterness stored against my father, stored against my mother, stored against my spiritual fathers, my destiny fathers. I release that offense, bitterness, in the name of Jesus. Shout the Lord, amen. amen. Oh, yes. Thank you, Pastor Joe. You may be. Oh, clap for him. He's a good man. He's a very, very good man. Are you still here? How do you protect yourself against offense? How do you protect yourself against offense? Number one, expect an experience of pressure and trouble and don't let it offend or affect you. Number one, expect an experience of pressure and trouble and don't let it offend or affect you. Expect an experience of pressure and trouble and don't let it offend or affect you. Expect it. You know something? If you want to protect yourself against offense, expect that you are going to have an experience of pressure or trouble whenever you have a relationship, but don't let it offend you. What am I saying? One day, we are at the pastor's meeting. Give me a chair. Apostle Udo had called for different pastors to come. We are praying for about six hours together. So all of us were men of God. Bible says you can have 10,000 instructors, but you have only one father. So I was seated like this. And we're praying for about six hours. So we're praying. Oh, yes. And there were plenty of pastors there. We're praying. All of a sudden, I just heard, Pah! When I heard that, Pah! You see? I did not want to know who did the Pah! 
my hand froze. <laughs> then he said, you are sleeping. He said, Sir, honestly, I'm not sleeping. I said, you are sleeping. I'm not sleeping. You are sleeping. Okay, sir, I'm sleeping. Even if I was not sleeping before, I have slept. Daddy, I was very offended. Number one, I felt disgrace. Remember Psalm 39 verse 11? It, it has now reduced me. How can he do that? Number two, by the time I now opened my eyes, I saw plenty other pastors who were sleeping, but I could not go and slap them. <laughs> so in my mind, you know if you're a Yoruba person, Yoruba has any Mulan led him on. That means it's the one you can handle, you will go and face. So now, me that I, I felt I was not sleeping, I'm the one he came to slap. The honestly, I said, one pastor was like, I, uh. he didn't go and slap those ones. Though. And you know what? We should come and see our video sometime here too. Different styles of sleeping. And there are some people, they are looking at you, but they have slept. You just say, how you will know is when you do like this to them. I don't even know that I don't like mentioning names. There are some people, as they are sleeping, one brother in our midst, uh, when he's doing like this, he has slept. But I don't just like mentioning names. But do you know one thing? As that anger was wilding up in me, and I looked and I saw people were sleeping. Then that day, I told myself, now I truly know I'm a son. The reason why he could not go and do that to those ones, they are not his sons. Me, I'm a son to him. A father chastises the one he loves. If you're a father, if you're a son. So, that's, so he had to use me as an example to tell the rest to wake up. That was pressure. Before the late Archbishop Bessini Daosa died, one of the people he really prayed for was Bishop Dagiwad Mills. And do you know why? They organized a pastor's conference in Ghana. And Archbishop Idaosa came from Benin to Edo State now to Ghana to come and preach. In the, but Bishop Dag is the first doctor that started a church in Ghana. Most of the people, they normally come to Nigeria to Archbishop Idaosa's uh, place. It's like he has to ordain you to enter ministry. He has to pray for you. But Bishop Dag was the first person that God called as a medical doctor to start a ministry. So it was very strange in this generation that a, a boy who did not go to Bible school, who did not, um, who has not gone to Nigeria, who has not, and he is saying he's a pastor. And at that time, no pastor actually called him as a pastor. So he started and said, I am a pastor now. So in that pastor's conference, he too, I think he has worn his pastoral tie and suit. So he said, he, he was relating his experience with us. He said, as Archbishop Benson was preaching, he was in front. And that day he came with an honorarium. He came with money for Archbishop Benson Idaosa. He came with money to honor him. So as Archbishop Benson was preaching, then he just saw him and said, Hey, you, come, come, come. Come here, come here. 
pastor that has a church who kneel down there. And they continue to preach. This one, all these people who call themselves men of God. Men of God. Who ordain you? Eh? You two, you are a pastor now. Over 2,000 pastors. And some people will be saying, mm -hmm. We are saying it. Mm -hmm. Papa has come. Papa has come. You see? Eh? I say, oh, 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 they do. He tapped him. In public. Oh, it's a true story. That's why I'm mentioning the names of the people. Eh? You too. This one too, he said, he's a pastor. And he said, as he was there, in front, he can imagine in front of your own church members too. And somebody as high as Papa. Idaosa. Now doing that, you know, what else can you be thinking of to make sure that it's like you are finished? So, after he finished everything he wanted to do, told him, stand up. Go to your seat. Stand up. Then, he continued his sermon. Remember what a scandalon is. A trap stick. When, he said, when the sermon finished, nobody told him. He carried his bag. He had, because now he has been disgraced. He had to quickly find a way out. I said, I will not give this man my offering again. I will not honor him. He has disgraced me. Now, look at. Then shall many be offended and shall what? Betray and what? Hate. So as he was going back home, then the Holy Spirit told him, go back and honor him. Lord, Lord, ah, look at what Honor your father, not because he's good. So what? So that means you only want to honor him because he's nice to you. No. There is no condition now. Go back. So he said, he went and found out the hotel that Papa Idawosa was staying. So when he got to the hotel, he asked the reception, please, I want to see Papa Idawosa and everything. So they told Papa Idawosa, and said, I think whether he came into his office, he came into the hotel room, or he came out. But this was the story, end of the story. He said, when he saw him, he was shocked. Of course, because you cannot miss Bishop Dag because he's an half-caste. So how many half-caste do you see as pastor? He's an half and he's very tall. So he's a very rare person. So he stands out in every congregation. So you cannot miss him. So he said, hey, of course, what have you come to do? Then he knelt down. Papa, I've come with my offering. He said, you mean you came with an offering for me? Come again. So he said, the same hand, still neither, that was, then lay hands on him. God will use you mightily. Amen. That was it. God will use you. So he said, he then told Archbishop Duncan Williams, that guy, watch out for him. God will use him. God will use him. Today now you see that Bishop Dag has the largest crusade in Africa. Moving from place to place. What if he had allowed that situation? It was a trap. To just see whether he will cross it. He will look beyond and say, come what may, this man, no matter what, this is a father. You must honor no matter what happens. Or you reduce him to your servant. No, that's what offense does. You 
reduce one person took Abijah of Bizarosa and said, you, I, you, you deserve a slap. His own pastor told him, You deserve a slap. Because right now, he has, he, you see, when he was offended, he, he, he asked Bishop Bessini that also has now been reduced in his eyes to somebody who is a servant that can just slap. So you deserve a slap. You deserve a slap. You deserve a slap. I believe. And even Bishop Dak said it that he knew that that day, because it was about after that day, in less than a month or so, Archbishop Isaiah went to go and be with the Lord. That was the last blessing he collected from him before the man died. What if? Who, nobody, when Papa Isaiah died, nobody ever expected it. But something he carried needed to drop. You see, between you and your destiny, you always have to cross the road, the roadblock of offense. You will have, see, you will cross it with your father, with your mother. You will cross it. How do you think Elisha will have felt? Elisha will have felt when somebody has sat for all these years now wants to jackpot. Elijah wanted to jackpot to London. And Elisha has served Elijah all his life. Even sold his business, closed down his business just to be his servant. And this is pastor, his own pastor wanted to jackpot and did not even tell his associate pastor. So the day the man wanted to travel, if not that maybe Elisha had seen when they came to bring the international passport, he saw London. And when Elisha was cleaning the house, he saw Lagos to Itro, 13th of December. I said, ah, daddy is traveling and he didn't tell me. So he quickly put it back. So he's waiting for 13th of December. So 13th of December, daddy, Elijah packed his load. I said, Elisha, mumbo, mumbo, I want to, I'm going to Ketu to go and look for... Um, my friend Johnson, my friend, and Elisha said, ah. So I will have loved that you follow me, but clean the house. So Elisha said, Ah, daddy, I have cleaned the house, <laughs> I have cleaned everywhere. I said, ah, you know, I've parked my load in the car, there is no space. Uh, daddy, I will stay in the boots. Ah. Elisha said, Are you not? I'm talking to you. You, you, so Elisha entered, Elijah was driving. His own father. Then they got to Ketu. He came down and packed. So, Elisha. It's like, um, I don't even know Johnson's place again. But now, let me go to Maryland. Uh, since Johnson's not, let me go to Maryland. So, but you, go back, eh? Um, in case Johnson comes to the house, I, I will, so that you can tell me. You can tell him that I've gone to look for him in Maryland. Elisha said, ah. So, when we're leaving, I told um, Suraju to wait. In case anybody comes, he will help me deliver. I've told him. So, uh, Elisha, I said, yes, daddy, you know, I thought that maybe that can happen. So I've told Suraju to help us keep the house. So let's go to Maryland together. Whilst they were going, some people said, Elisha, did you know that your, your guy is Jack Byron? Say, I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's, it, it's a matter between me and him. There are people, when things go wrong, they just want to see what you will say. Eh? Do you know what is happening in that place now? Huh? And you too, innocently, you too. You will go and join. The Bible said that in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 3, thereabout, it said 200 people joined themselves to, 
to Absalom who were simple things. They were just doing follow, follow. They didn't know that the man had an aim of killing his father. There are people who will turn you to a killer in life. A father slayer. Huh? No, give me verse, verse um, 7. You see verse 7 or 8. Give me verse 7. Verse 8. You see there. Verse 8. Verse 9. You, look for it. Look for it. If you are there, if you have eyes, just look for it. It's there. You see there. 200 men. You hear? Good. You see? And Absalom went 200 men of Jerusalem that were called. He called them. And they went in their simplicity and they knew not anything. They were going to kill David, but they didn't know. Absalom's are those who will say things, but they will not tell you the true story. So, Elisha, wait. We are going to Maryland. I'm going to Maryland. I, told, I want to go to Maryland alone. She said, Daddy, please let me just go with you. Then they got to Maryland. Now, you know Maryland is not far from airport. Then when they got to Maryland, they said, ah, Johnson too is not here. And the man, he has his ticket, his passport. He's traveling to London. Then he said, okay, let me finally go to Ikeja. But um, Elisha, at this junction, I'm your father in the Lord. Please, I feel the Lord telling me to go alone on to, because I don't know why I'm not seeing this man. So, you need to go back now as your father in the Lord. And Elisha replied, said, Daddy, you know, we came from Agege, but at least Ikeja is far, not far from Agege. So, when we get to Ikeja, I would then <laughs> go to Agege. Instead of going back to Ketu, Ketu is far. So, let's go from Maryland to Ikeja. Then when I get to Ikeja along, I will go to Agege. So, Elijah now had no choice. So, as they were heading to the airport, he felt guilty. For the, he has, he has, do you know how long he would have been planning to travel? God had told him that he's taking him. He said, hey, Elisha, I just feel that maybe I should just go to the airport as we are going. I just want to, I think I should just drop in London. I said, hey, ah. Thank God, oh daddy. So what do you want me to do for you? He didn't tell him he was not going to come back. He said, what would you like me to do for you as we are going? He said, the guy was focused. He said, I want a double portion of your anointing. So you see, the old temptation of go back. If he had been distracted from grace to focus on offense, he would have left from K to Tete. Offer, because do you know what it means? It simply means that his own father is now lying to him. God, that is what is happening between Elijah and Elisha. Elijah did not tell him. He only said, I'm going here. I'm, no, how do you handle a lying father? Remember, it is a father that can correct a father. His son has no right to correct his father. Oh, yes. If you feel that your father has mismanaged you, he's wronged you, he has done something, it, it, the king of your father can never be in your hand. Look for another father to talk to him, not you lifting up Cain to whip your father. He's a father that can correct the father. It's a principle. 
that is why Elisha knew that. And because Moses was not around, he could not have reported to Moses. So he knew that if there is no father that can correct my father, I will report it to Heavenly Father. Then I will sleep on focus. But as for me, I will not lift up Cain nor dishonor my father. You can have a father that is lying to you, that is maltreating you. You can have a father who has even abused you. You can have a father who has not treated you well, who was not there for you when you were growing up. You can have a father who did not even care for you, never bought a Christmas clothes for you. You can have a father who does not even know how you are living, who has mercy. It's a trap. The trap is if you focus on the offense, the blessing that God has for you, we cannot come through that door of offense. The blessing of God only comes through the door of humility. That is what the Bible says. Unless you are converted and be like a child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. The road, the room for your blessing is a small room. It will always require you to bend down. That is humility. The room for your next level is a very is a small, it has only a small door. That door is not six feet. The door is two feet, three feet. It will require you to bend. Bend, bend, bend to enter. Those who want to enter into their next level, walking. In the kingdom, we don't walk into our blessing. We bend into the kingdom. We have to bend. God humbles the proud and gives grace. Resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So Elisha was wise. Nothing you will do. Even today, I have caught you red-handed lying. Nothing you will do that will make me turn and offend you. So, even the final one, can you imagine? The man, when he even has double portion, instead of him to just say, receive it now, he said, when I get to the airport, he didn't tell him the plane. Stay at the gates. If you see my plane going, then this double portion will come. No, is it only one plane that is at the airport? No, is it only one plane that is at the airport? What kind of father is this? If you see my plane going, then that is able to show that the man was so stingy. But you see, he knows the price he paid for that anointing. So he will not want to cast it to the pair. But you know something? How did Elisha get that double portion? Let me tell you the scripture. He who sees what you do in secret will reward you. Oh, go and read your Bible. Elijah did not drop the garment. It fell from him. Ultimately, when you walk on the path of honor, it's not your parents themselves that actually blesses you. It is the principle from the word of God that you are following that brings the blessing. Because he who sees what you do in secret is the one that will reward you where? Openly. So honor does not have to mean that he, he has to say thank you to you. You see, I send gifts to Ghana. Right? Every Sunday, I send gifts to Pastor Adeboye. In this church, we pay every Sunday. Pastor Adeboye has never called to say, thank you, John. I don't need to know my name. Why does he need to know my name? No. Bishop Doug has never asked. One day, I bought... I bought um, Apple Watch, Milanese Loop, the most expensive Apple Watch, when it just came out. I took it to Ghana. I dropped it. And I felt that I was going to say something. Rather, by the, as the conference continued, I saw his best friend wearing my watch. 
How did I know? Because the man was not wearing that watch at the beginning of the conference. He started wearing it after I dropped it. So I, it made me know that he has given it to his friend. He has never sent me one message of, I receive your gift. Do you know why? He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. He who sees what you do in secret will reward you openly. And I call him, he doesn't pick my call. I do this because of that. No. The principle you break is the one that will break you. The principle you obey is the one that will reward you. So from today, see, Elisha became blessed. Because ultimately, true blessing comes from where? True blessing comes from where? God. So as you go back today, so this Christmas, some of you now, no plan for your parents. No plan for your parents under heaven. But you have plan for your own children. Oh. How can you not be able to buy half bag of rice for your parents at Christmas? If you have thought about this, you will have even you will have even been saving towards it. No, no plan. And you, you will sit down there with your own children or you sit down there. And some of you, so foolish, you carry a girl out on Christmas Day. Do you know why I say so foolish? Because you have not carried your mother out before. Before I carried my wife, before I married my wife, I carried my mother out. It was my mother I first took to Sheraton before I took my wife there, before I married. I've taken my mother there. Yes. The Chinese restaurant or whatever, I took my mother. I said, sit down, sit down. When I started walking, before I got my own house, I made sure that I replenished my, my parents' house. I took care, I bought cushion chair for them, I did everything for them. I, that is why, when you fight me, you are not fighting me. You can never win against me, honestly speaking. Do you know why? Because, you see, I, there are principles guiding my life that you are not doing. How can you win me? Okay, it's not possible. It's not possible. You are only wasting your time. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You have gone to two shop your own house, but your parents are living inside Bangolo. So Christmas is coming. You are taking up the designer clothes you will buy and everything. Even if your daddy is Tinobu and your mother is um, Remy Tinobu, the wealth of your parents has nothing to do with you honoring them. Because they don't need what you have. You need what they carry. So your father may be a millionaire, but your 500 naira will still matter. Your father may be a billionaire, your 1,000 naira will still matter. You can send him Richard Daddy, I know you have enough Richard Kabo, but chop out of my own. And put the system behind it. But when you are offended... You think you can live life without following principle. The Bible said that ultimately say the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich and add no sorrow. When you fall into the trap of offense, eventually, like the what what happened, you will not fall into that trap. Amen. What happened is that you are the one that falls away, not the authority figure in your life. I pray for you today. I pray for you today. 
that the glory of God will not depart from you. I pray for you today. Every root of bitterness, offense, every seed that wants to you to reap the harvest of sorrow in your old age, whatever does not want you to be a gray-headed man or woman, whatever does not want you to, to, to be a gray-headed man or woman, whatever wants to cut your life short, I pray for you today that by this word, the mercy of God is delivering you from it. Stand to your feet. I want more of you. Father, bless him the more. Evil will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Every negative example will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Lift your hands. Because God used Jesus to show us the example of honoring a father. Jesus said, my father walketh, so I walk. And you see, when Jesus was pressured on the cross, he, he did not allow it to affect him nor offend him. Because he said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Why are you letting me go through this? Even when he felt that God did, his father did not treat him well. He still said, not my will. Not my will. But your will be. What will you do if you are the one that you felt that your father has forsaken you? Oh my, you could have said, maybe the plan was that maybe when he was on the cross, there would have been thunder. There would have been fire. Something would have brought him out. But he saw that they were spitting on him, disgracing him. And he felt his father was allowing him to be disgraced. So he said, why have you forsaken me? And God still did not say anything. He said, eh, okay. Not my will. Into, and finally said, into your hand. The one who has forsaken him move. Say, into your hand. I commit. He trusted his father to the very end. I want you to pray. Oh Lord. In my race, help me to finish well. See, listen to me. Not everybody finish well. Though. But pray, Lord, help me to finish well. In the journey of honoring fathers honoring authority figure, honoring my parents. Help me to finish well. Help me to finish I well. I receive grace to finish well in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, I ask the Lord, help me. Help me to finish well. Help oh yes. In the mighty name of Jesus. I receive grace to finish well. I receive grace. I receive grace to finish well. Help me to finish well. I receive grace to finish well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I pray for you, there's a woman here. You are here, you are not born again. What does it mean to be born again? To receive the ministry of the fatherhood of God. God cannot be your father. He can be your God but not your father. Because unless you accept Jesus into your life as your Lord and personal Savior, as many have received it, to them give it power to become the sons of God. To become the daughter of God. So I want to pray for you. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to be born again. I want to accept Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior. I want the fatherhood of God. If you have never accepted Jesus publicly before, you see, people don't get married in private. You get married publicly so that everybody can witness to their relationship with their new bride or groom. So today, God has given you the opportunity to 
make a decision for him to be your father. Wherever you are, if you want me to pray for you, I know you are here. No doubt about that. I just want you to play that hand on your chest. I want to pray for you. You want to be born again. God bless you. God bless you. Now, listen. There are those of you, I want to make an altar call. You are not in good relationship with your parents. You know what I'm saying. You are a son. You don't have good relationship with your father. God wants to heal your land. So both those of you in that category and the one who have also want to give their life to Jesus, I want you to quickly come forward. I want to pray for you because healing is taking place right now. Come. God bless you. Come. Come. Yes. I tell you, something great is happening here today. Healing is taking place. Healing is taking place. I tell you. Healing is taking place today. I just heard that word. Pray for them now. For the heart of the daughter has been turned back to their fathers. The heart of the sons have been turned back to their fathers. Oh yes. Oh yes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, heal my heart. Lord Jesus, heal my heart. Every pain, every bitterness. Today I cast it at the feet of the cross. Every hurt, every bruise. I cast it at the feet of the cross. Oh Lord Jesus, heal my heart today. Go ahead and just pray for yourself. He's giving you a new heart. 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 Your days will not be cut short. Your career will not be cut short. Your life will not be cut short. Thank you, Lord. He's giving you a new heart today. I tell you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, because I want to give you as much privacy as possible, that's why I'm going to ask all of you to pray the prayer of giving your life to Christ. Then I will then pray generally for you. So even if you have given your life to Christ before you come, I want you to pray that prayer because I want you to really find that privacy to pray. So say after me, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to experience new life, eternal life, which Jesus purchased for me with his own blood when he died for me on the cross. Today, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. 
I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins. That Jesus died for me. That he was buried. That he was buried. And he rose from the grave. And he rose from the grave. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Please come into my life. Please come into my life. And be my Lord. And be my Lord. And my personal Savior. And my personal Savior. Wash away all my sins. Wash away all my sins. With your precious blood. With your precious blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For saving my soul. For saving my soul. I receive. I receive the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you for as many who have given their life to Christ today, and those who have rededicated their life to Christ. I pray for them that indeed, Lord, all things will become new. Satan, I rebuke you. Take your hands off their lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Today you have stepped into the kingdom of God. Receive grace to be established, Amen. to grow, Amen. and to be rooted in the house of God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, Lord, I pray for these sons and these daughters. Every pain, every bitterness, every unforgiveness towards their parents. I declare right now, let it be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Amen. By the blood of Jesus. Let that pain, that offense, be neutralized right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now I pray for you. May your heart be turned again to your fathers. Amen. May your heart be turned again towards your mothers. Amen. May the love for your parents well up afresh in your heart. Amen. May you look past the flaws. May you begin to see the grace in their lives. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now receive grace to walk in honor. Receive grace to walk in humility. Receive grace to walk in obedience. Receive grace to walk in love with your parents in the name of Jesus. Now Lord, I declare that these ones are blessed. Oh, go and walk in blessings. Every door of opportunity that has been closed against you as a result of this honor, may they now be opened in the name of Jesus. Bless your children, oh God. Bless your children, oh God. Honor them, Father God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Shout a louder, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Please go back to your seats. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Everybody lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Lord, I pray for your children today in this church. Thank you for your word that has been sown. Oh, I declare over your life that you will finish well. Amen. Every stumbling block that want to cut your life short. Every stumbling block of offense that want to rob you of your calling and your ministry. Every stumbling block of offense that want to open the door of affliction in your life and family. Every stumbling block of offense and disloyalty that wants to turn you to a beast. In the name of Jesus, I declare you have escaped it today. Amen. You are delivered in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I pray for you. Nothing will cut your life short. Amen. Nothing will cut your ministry short. Amen. Nothing will cut your calling short. Amen. The numbers of your days, you will fulfill it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now as we live here today, receive grace to walk in humility. Amen. Receive a new heart that is filled with love. Receive grace to walk in honor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For the children you are raising up, the children that will do well. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. 
In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout a louder amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. You may please be seated.